Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. My co-host this evening is Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, how are you? I'm peachy. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm in a great mood. I'm very energetic, and I'm caffeined up. Good. Oh, (laughs) boy. I'm drinking water. (laughs) I my two after-dinner coffee cups, and I'm kind of a little jolted, I guess. Are you? Um, A little? Just a little? A little bit. Okay. So how you doing? How was I'm your week? Good. It was good. It was, it's good. You know, it's um, it's been busy, and I'm trying to get back to getting into some uh, blogs going and and things like that. But it's just been so freaking busy. Yeah, I hear you. God, I'm gonna it's have to start something. My, yeah, I'm gonna have to start taking my laptop with me everywhere I go so I can get a blog in any, you know, in different places. <laughs> I hear you. I totally I hear you because since I just moved my blog to Blogger, I've kind of been like I have to feel like I have to put something up all the time. I know it, it's it's a it's just it's sad really. Yeah. Well, hey, it's what it's what us uh, us bloggers do, and it's what know? us activists do. You know, I do a lot of tweeting though. Yeah, you do tweet your ass off. <laughs> I do that because that I can do anywhere at any time from my phone. You know. Mm-hmm. It's the easy thing to do. It's easy. Speaking you know, of I, phones. Yes. Go ahead, real quick, go ahead. No, no, I, I was just going to say I'm I'm logging out of Pause I Am chat over there so I can get over to the Blog Talk Radio chat. I can't do two chats at once. It, it hurts my head. That's funny. Just um, one thing I did want to uh, talk to you about and announce, maybe you don't even know, but you Uh-oh. can actually visit the Pause I Am network on your mobile phone. And it's real easy to go and do it. You can go and you can check out discussions. You can leave comments on your friends' profiles. You can see what's going on. Uh, You can check your profile for comments and stuff like that. And all you got to do is uh, go to your, you know, your Internet and type in uh, www.community.pauseim.com backslash M for mobile. And it'll take you right there, and you're able to, to navigate. It's something new that we just launched, and we're trying to update it, so... Um, nice. You know, pretty soon, hopefully, you'll be able to do statuses and stuff. So, so you need like beta testers and that kind of thing. Well, eventually, we just we just launched it, you know, officially now. So we'll see how it works out. A lot of people didn't know about it, so I just wanted to when we redesigned the site. That's why it's kind of out there, so people can see that you know this is something that's that's new that you may not know about, and people can check their stuff from their phone. Well, like, I everybody lives on their phone anyway. I, oh, I know. It's really it's. It's sad. Actually, my phone has caused many an argument here at the house. Would you put that damn thing down? But if I put it down, nobody will know that I'm alive. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a sad, sad state of reality. No, I totally agree because I'm, like, walking around. I take 
as you know, if you are friends with me on Facebook, I post a lot of photos of myself. And I, I, I don't know why. I was never the camera person. I don't like being in front of the camera. But taking – I don't know why. I just – I guess after my dad passed away and he was always behind the camera – uh-huh. We didn't always have a lot of photos of him, so now I'm constantly taking photos of myself doing the craziest stuff, you know, because God yeah. forbid if something would ever happen, there's let's, tons let's of photos of me of eating things. What'd you say? Let's talk about one of those little snapshots you took. What the hell were you doing <laughs> taking a picture of, of yourself in a men's room? Oh, Joe had an event at the Expo, the Mind, Body, Spirit Expo yesterday, and we were at the Expo, and I had to go to the restroom, so I was in there, and then I was bored, and I took a photo of myself. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Were you waiting for something to happen? Why were you bored in the bathroom? No, I went to the bathroom. I used it. I looked at myself in the mirror. I said, this would be a fun photo. I made a funny face, snapped it, and went back to the event. And he left the stalls and the background and the whole thing. And oh, whatever. You, you, you do know that that's place. causing quite the stir, right? Oh, well, whatever. People like to talk. Leave them talk. Oh, we're, we're just wondering what made you so happy in the bathroom. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I so, know. It's golly. Golly. So we'll... We're waiting for our guests to call in yes. tonight. Um, we're going to have uh, a few. Now. Yes, they're doing their last rehearsal for Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, the people tomorrow. from 11th Hour Theater Company is going to come on and talk about um, the two productions they're putting on. Um, one, obviously, we just said is Tick, Tick, Boom, which is tomorrow night. Um, it's a one-time show, and you can check it out. They're in Philadelphia, and that's kind of why I reached out to them. They're also doing Rent, um, if a lot of you are familiar with the musical Rent. Well, they're going to do their version of it here in Philly in the month of November. And I kind of wanted them to come on to promote their show and talk about it. But right now they're in the middle of rehearsal, so they're going to give us a call throughout the hour when they're available to take a break. So I figured we could kind of randomly talk about anything. (laughs) And we could take calls before they call. Yeah, absolutely. So I I also wanted to um, ask, so 11th Hour Theater Company, are they in Philadelphia? Yes. Yes, they are. Okay. Right on Drexel University is where the plays will be um, performed. Okay. Right. Now, just so those of you who don't know, we'll just kind of give a brief background before they call in, is Tick, Tick, Boom was written by um, um, oh, Jonathan Larson. No, say, Tick, Tick, Boom is about him. Jonathan Larson. It was actually written by him. It's his kind of autobiographical thing. And Jonathan Jonathan Larson was the creator, writer, creator, director, producer, the whole nine yards of Rent. And the tragedy behind all of this is that Jonathan died like a day or two prior to the show actually opening on Broadway. I mean, before opening night. So it was, it was very tragic and sad, yet, yet this exciting thing that was happening and but it was, you know, it, it, what a great, interesting story. And, and of course, um, I think I believe Tick Tick, Tick 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 Boom is about how he goes from, you know, how how he created all of this from the drugs and and his artist friends and him, you know, really getting to the point and place where he was. But um, it, of course, Rent 
if if anybody doesn't know this show, like Robert, <clears throat> who's only seen the movie, um, but we won't <laughs> we won't go there. Um, but the Rent was a great show, you know. But now, fit almost fifteen, sixteen years later, you know, the it's a it's a it's a snapshot in time of when things really went of what things were like back in the early 90s, mid-90s, before um, the highly active retroviral, highly active retroviral treatment therapy, Drugs. heart. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to, I, I couldn't remember what the whole thing was about, so, you know. The whole right, I, I, as you pointed out, you know, I, I did see the movie once. <laughs> once. But, but uh, you know what I mean, it was just, I had I had to watch it, you know what I mean? Obviously, because it was something that was related to me, because it was about AIDS. So that was like I'm not a musical person. For me, something like I go to musicals very few and far between, and usually I found myself going to them after something tragic has happened. Um, my father passed away, and I took my mother to go see Cabaret on the very first Valentine's Day. And like usually, it's something like that that I, like I have to do special occasion basically for me to go to a musical, so to I, I'm going to go see Rent when they come here. So I'm really excited about this. Well, and you do know that Rent is no longer touring because they closed. I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't so even know the, that the guy passed away before Rent even <laughs> went you know, on Broadway. So, you know, that was something that was shocking for me to hear today when I talked to you. Yeah, yeah, he's he's gone, dead, and he had I forget what it was, but he had some blood disease. I'll look it up as we're talking, but but um, yeah, the, so Rent, the the official Broadway version is closed, and um, they closed off Broadway, they closed Broadway, and they've closed all their touring companies. Now I think it is um, so so I believe Eleventh Hour. I don't know what their theater status is. I forgot to look. Um, are they community or are they one step above? I can't remember. Well, there's, a, uh, there's only two, you know, theater companies that are, you know, I believe in the, the area of where they're at in Philadelphia. So I think um, I don't really know the, the status of the theater company itself. Yeah. I, I know it's know a very they're... small community theater company, you know what I mean? Because there's like yeah. a, a, a staff of five and are they you know, it's real knit, and like I believe, yeah, two of them I think believe are brother and sister. So it's very interesting. So okay, well, it might be regional or community theater or something like that, which I think now it's released too, and the rights are out, and people could do it. But um, so you won't be seeing the, the the touring companies anymore of Rent. So that's that's going to be sad for you. Yes, Robert, it's going to be very sad for you. But yes, anyways, I know. what else is going on? I mean, we don't have. I mean, we can sit here and talk about rent the entire time. I mean, I I know the show forwards and backwards, and I I can sing a little for you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Well, it's funny because when I was when I was on the walk, um, the Philly AIDS walk, we were walking you know towards the art museum in Philly, and I started hearing somebody singing you know the, the seasons of love, uh, and I I stopped. Because it just sounded so amazing, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then we continued uh, on the walk, you know, if they were singing. And at the end, they ended up getting the same people. They were practicing. They got up on stage, and they sang, you know, the song. And here it was, the people from 11th Hour Theater Company who, you know what I mean, were 
was their practicing beforehand. So it was kind of ironic that I ran into them. Oh, so so they were singing Seasons of Love while you were at... Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm with you. Okay, okay. I, I wasn't getting that connection there for a minute. Yeah, it was really, really cool. That's how I knew how they, you know, who they were. And they also go out, this theater company, these guys, to go out and they were at uh, Love Park. A lot of people in Philadelphia are familiar with it. And a lot of people know it as a place where people used to skateboard. But it's like one of those, like, ionic places that, you know, are in the city that people go and get their photos taken at Love Park. And they go there and they perform and they just draw this crowd. If you go on YouTube and search 11th Hour, um, theater company, they'll come up and you can see them performing Seasons of Love and all these people just stopping in the middle of their day to listen to these people sing and it's just really something. Yeah, it it, it really, you know, see, Seasons of Love, okay, is is a good song but it has been played over and over and over again. I, it's one of those songs that you really, really love and then Every time you turn the radio on, it's playing again, and you're like, all right, okay, what? I get it. Let's move what on. What radio station do you listen to? What? What radio what? station do you listen to that it's on all the time? I never hear that song on the radio. Oh, sorry. Serious Broadway channel. <laughs> oh, well, no wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. You're complaining and you're listening to the Broadway channel. Yeah, I do. I love the Broadway. Okay, so a little bit about what you know. What makes me happy, and um, and then we'll bring this back to HIV. All right. I know this is supposed to be about AIDS and HIV, so I'll say rent at least three times just to get the HIV inference. Rent, well, rent, real rent. Real quick, there over the go. line so people can call Jeremy uh, okay. before you go into that. Uh oh. Let people know okay. that they can give us a call here at the show. At uh, three four seven two one five nine four four two, you guys can give us a call with your input on rent or you know anything else you want to talk about that's HIV AIDS related or you know musical related since we're on the yeah. subject tonight. Exactly musicals, but you know to me a musical is I listen to musicals because I love vocals. I love to hear people sing and I love to hear people sing well. And that's why I love musicals. Well, one of the reasons. The other reason is musicals are complete fantasy, right? You're sitting there, and and sometimes the musical will be completely terrible, and it will be horrible. And and I'll get to a horrible story in a second. But they oftentimes, like I just went and saw, I have um, season tickets for the Broadway Light Series here in Charlotte. It's all the touring companies of the current Broadway shows. So we went and saw Mary Poppins. Now, everybody knows the story of Mary Poppins. Everybody, has, I mean, everybody should know. I mean, it's this incredible book series. Disney, of course, made a movie out of it, and you know, with Julie Andrews and the whole nine yards. And even though I know the music, I know the songs, I know the story, it was still very magical to watch, you know, because here it is, it's live, it's in front of you, People are dancing, they're flying, you know, there's magic happening. And that is an amazing thing. When you can pull all of that together and do it live. Um, Oh, Kyle in Hawaii, he just, oh, wow. I know he says JK, just joking, but that was a mean, mean thing of you to do, Kyle in Hawaii. He says Mary Poppins who? 
Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, but it, it's it's you know it's great to be able to be taken along on those journeys and on those stories. Whereas if you're in a movie theater, you don't get the same magic. You don't get the same thing because it's not happening right in front of you. It's not live. It's all pre-recorded. It's done. It's in the can. It doesn't. So it's always fun to see when people when something you know makes a hiccup or something like that. It's like, oh, how are they going to get out of this? You know, but. It, that's that's the fun part of it. You get to hear the songs and the and, and the storylines and how everything is is interwoven. It's great. Whereas I I, lo- I like the small ones. I've only been to like I said, the cabaret was the real big production I've been to. But I, I like the smaller productions by the small theater companies where it's only like a, a certain amount, like maybe a cast of twenty people, if that. And it's more like you know what I mean, like a play happening in front of you. I went and saw well, that the line up and saw. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, but, but but you know what I mean. Like when you know, you know the feeling when you go to a high school play. Yeah, it's like you're trying to like get rid it. of that feeling by taking a shower. Well, no, I didn't mean that. But <laughs> in general, like I, I like the smaller, the smaller, you know, production companies. I like when things are put on at, at a like a local small level. I, I enjoy it more. Like I, like you know what I mean. It feels more intimate, I guess, than some big Broadway production that's like filled in a room with thousands of people. For me. It's just a little overwhelming. I'm not a crowd person. Yeah, you know, there are certain shows that work well in intimate, in smaller venues, like Little Shop of Horrors, for example. It's a smaller show. It's a musical. It's it's great. And you know, of course, there's also the the big the big ones that are just wonderful. And um, yes, a spoonful of sugar does help the medicine go down. It certainly does. And um, it, 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 the big shows are fun because they can be colorful and, you know, it's just lots of fun. Just lots of fun. But um, now if you're in a bad show, here is, um, here, here's my advice for anybody who is sitting through a really bad musical. So Mark and I had, of course, season tickets last year, too. And we went and saw Greece. All right. <laughs> okay. So was it that was that the one with Taylor Hicks? Oh, it was terrible. Um, it was just <laughs> awful. The the girl who played Sandy was just terrible. She was terrible. I mean, in her makeup, she looked like she had been punched in the face. Her her eyes were all squinty, and it was just awful. And so Mark and I have made up this game that any time that we see a bad musical, we think of Harvey Firestein singing the lead role. So think about that. Harvey Firestein as Sandy. <laughs> That's how we got through it. Every time <laughs> Sandy would open up her mouth to sing, it was, I was always, Always listening to Her- to to, <laughs> to Harvey Firestein, <laughs> hopelessly devoted to you. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's too much. Yeah, so oh, I don't get out too often to those shows, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> if I'm going to, I know it's going to be one that I like. Let's see, if you could, you know, since we're talking a little bit about musicals while we're waiting for them to call in, um, if you could recommend, 
you know, maybe the top five musicals that you've seen? Since, you you know, you're a buff, you've been to a lot of them. What five would you recommend for people to go see that you know are, is amazing? Okay. Top is Wicked, of course. The Untold Stories of the Two Witches of Oz. Um, that that would be probably number one that everybody should go see. You'll never watch The Wizard of Oz the same again. Um, two is La Caja Fall. It's um, starring Kelsey Grammer right now, and it's just fantastic. Um, number three I would recommend to go see is Nine to Five when it comes to your city. It's, you know, the, all the songs are written by Dolly Parton, and it's oh, just... Joe would love that. It's a thrill. Um Number two, if you can get to go see it, I would really recommend that people go see a, a chorus line. That's one of my favorites. It is heart-wrenching. And every time Paul gets up there and does that monologue, I, I just die every single time. Um, that's, that's what, four? And then the fifth musical I would recommend that people go see, if it's playing anywhere near you, is Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street, also probably one of my all-time favorites. Just hmm. because... And I've never even heard of that last one. Oh, the whole idea. Okay, so originally it came out in 1978. It was produced in 1978. Angela Lansbury and Len Cario. And um, Angela Lansbury... It plays Mrs. Lovett, and um, Len Cario plays Sweeney Todd. Here's the 30-second rundown. Sweeney Todd is back from the prison island of Australia in the late 1800s, comes back to London, and he's, claimed, he's, he's declared revenge on, um, on the judge who threw him there. And so the judge throws him, you know, he comes back, he wants revenge, and Mrs. Lovett has this meat pie shop that she owns, and Sweeney takes up residence above the pie shop, and in order to get his revenge, he then starts killing people, and they wonder what they're going to do with all of these people. And Mrs. Lovett just says, well, you know, um, with the price of meat, what it is, if you can get it, if you get it. Got it. You got it. So they decide to it. turn people into meat pies. And it is fantastic. And it's sad all at the same time because even though Sweeney Todd is this evil, mean man, he's actually the hero in, in, the, in the show. And because you really do feel sorry for him because this Judge Turpin, this awful man of the law, steals – um, Sweeney's wife and, and daughter away, and it just it, it's it's just it's a good show, and it's lots it's very dark, lots of good comedy. Um, one bit is you know the the whole song of um, the the song is have a little priest, it, which is very funny, and they that's when they get this um, that's how they get the uh, the uh, concoction to go make pies out of people so you know because everybody's shade so there'll be plenty of flavors yeah <laughs> there you go that's jeremy's top five musicals that he recommends there they are there they are and they range from everything right you start off with uh, the wicket and you end with the people eating people that's great that's absolutely <laughs> and everybody goes down well with beer right 
<laughs> so, so for so people who are listening who are tuning in to find out about Durant and all that in Philly, let me just go over the, the dates and the times so people know when and all that information since we're still waiting for them to come in since it is their last rehearsal. Um, again, Tick, Tick, Boom, um, the autobiographical musical about um, Jonathan Larson is uh, tomorrow evening, October 25th at 7 p.m., at the Mandel Theater and at Drexel University, and tickets are $25. It's a one-time show, so you have to uh, go tomorrow night, and that's the only night you can go. Coming up in November, from November 5th to November 21st, our 11th Hour Theater Company is going to put on um, a production of Rent, and tickets range anywhere from $18 to $28, depending on what night you go. Um, and again, opening night is, I believe they open November 5th, but November 6th is like their big opening night, the Saturday. So, uh, that tickets you want to get again, they're at the Mandel theater at Drexel university and they, um, all information on both the shows and the theater company and all the other good stuff. Cause they have some cool shows coming up in Philly, uh, as well after that. So there's other shows. If you're a musical buff like Jeremy, you'll love to check out 11th hour theater company.org for all the information. Well, you know, my degree is in musical theater. <laughs> so, you know. But, anyway, so back to this this topic that we were supposed to be talking about, HIV, AIDS, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did we, what, so since we, it's, we've got 34 minutes remaining, so we're kind of down to the bottom of the hour here, um, and we've been yakking away about kind of nothing. Um just theater, which I can go on and on and on about, but I won't. Um, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so we have had some – so what's been going on with you, Robert? What's What are you doing these days? What's Do you have anything coming up or um, – I don't have anything really special coming up. I have some things in the works. Uh, you know, things that I'm waiting to come out. Uh, there's going to be a PSA that I filmed a couple weeks ago uh, for ADAPT uh, that was put together by uh, Brandon Moxada and the ADAPT Advocacy Association. Um, and it's the first ever, you know, um, PSA that is done on ADAPT, which is, you know, the AIDS Drug Assistance Program and the waiting lists that are outrageous right now. There's over 3,000 people on the waiting lists, I believe, in eight states. And, you know, people need their medication, and, and the prices shouldn't be so high. And, and he, he put together these people. And the interesting part is when he asked me to do it, Jeremy, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll come down and I'll do it. I have no problem. And then when I realized who was there with me, who was also kind of being, you know, filmed for the PSA, I got really nervous. Because these people are, like, really high-respected people in the in the industry, and I just kind of started to get, like, all sweaty and, like, you know what I mean? Like, I was getting real nervous, and it freaked me out because not only Brandon was there, but Christine Campbell, she works for Housing Works, and she's amazing. She speaks with passion, and I just love her to death. She was there, and then there was also this lady, Michelle Anderson, and this guy, Nick, who was there. Also, uh, Bill Arnold. A lot of people are familiar uh, with Bill's work, and um, – the one girl I met there, Michelle Anderson, she's actually going to come on the show in November, the first Sunday in November, and she's going to come on and share her story. And she is an HIV-positive beauty pageant contestant and beauty and queen. Know this, so she, and no, it's not Sean Decker's wife. So if anybody's no. listening, it's not Gwen. No. 
So just it is Michelle, and she's going to come on with her lovely personality and just brighten up everybody's day because she's just amazing and she's so passionate and um, I, I just really connected with her. So I'm excited to have her um, coming up in, in November. I think so that's, that's what you know I have coming up. I'm waiting for it to come out. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm really, really excited. Um, like I, I, I kind of went over it last week that the producer guy is, you know, he won an Emmy. He worked the, on the very first AIDS PSA ever in the United States, and he uh, worked for uh, Nancy Reagan and, you know, produced the Just Say No to Drugs campaign. So oh, it's, it's a lot of power behind it. So I'm hoping, you know, it does really, really well. I think that would be great. Sorry, yeah, I'm that trying to type to all at the same time. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to see it, actually. Yeah, I can't wait either. I'm excited. I I get really excited about those things, you know. Um, it, it's cool. It's very very cool to be a part of it, and I was blessed um, about it. And, uh, yes, I, when I do get the PSA, I will post it on Facebook. Because <laughs> it was just mentioned in the, in the chat room. Uh, yes, just to remind anybody, if you guys out there would like to give me and Jeremy a call, uh, you can give us a chat about anything you want to talk about. Disclosure, yeah. depression, starting medications, uh, starting a new relationship, how to, you know, anything you want. Uh, we're here to take your calls at 347-215-9442 as we're waiting for the, the folks from 11th Hour to give us a ring. You and can call us, or if you're too embarrassed to call, you can also type your question in the chat room, um, and we'll be more than happy to take that. So why don't from we start, you. why don't we why don't we start a um why don't we start a topic then? Yeah, let's, yes. Let's, Is there something specific you want to talk about? I don't know. Um, let, let, why don't we talk about a little bit about um this whole ADAP thing? Okay. You know, AIDS drug assistance programs. And and medications and and um, and uh, um, how expensive they are and how oh my god how care and and I, and I will give you a a personal story here. So I have to use a particular prescription company because that's the one that my company uses, and so I have to use them. I have no. I have no other option at this point unless I go and try to find something else to use for prescriptions. So, which I'm doing, by the way. So, so I have to take, you know, not only am I taking my HIV meds, right? Which which I get a 90-day supply. It's three bottles of 30 days in each bottle. And um so I get 90 days every day of a tripla. And then because a tripla has the ephavirens, or also commonly known as sestiva, there are some there are some side effects that come along with all of that. Now, now that saying is it in I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent is you know, could it it could be, you know, side effects from the medicine or it could simply be that I've been living with HIV for so long, it is just what it is. That, you know, other things are starting to get affected. So one of the things is I also have to take um, Cymbalta to help with a lot of the anxiety and the mood swings that that certainly is coming from the Sestiva. And then I also have to take, what are they giving me? 
some new anti-seizure medication for um, because I now have um, peripheral neuropathy that's getting worse and worse and worse. So my my hands are starting to go numb and they just feel like they're trying to. Have you ever you know how when your foot falls asleep and it just feels like it's waking mm-hmm. up? Okay, that's how my yep. arms hands feel all the time. It's annoying. So I'll be walking and I'm shaking my hand out. And he says, well, you know, it's neuropathy. So there's it, it, it's the HIV. It is what it is. I'm like, oh, okay. So what can we do to get, you know, kind of tone that down? I said, well, we're going to give you this this other drug. I'm like, okay. And um, the, we're also – I also have to take Valtrex or Vesiclovir for um, to keep – shingles at bay so i'm on that all the time now so i'm I'm taking lots of things and wow and and oh vitamins too i have to now take vitamin supplements um on top of the multis that i've been taking because my vitamin d is deficient don't know how that's happening oh and (laughs) let's pile it on and because i'm also hep c positive um there's certain medications I can't take because my liver can't function. It won't process it. So, which is why, by the way, I am no longer drinking. Thank well, you. Congratulations. Yeah, no more. No more alcohol. It's been almost a month now without any alcohol. Oh. Yeah, well, it, it wasn't certainly my choice. The doctor said if you don't stop, you're. I was headed toward a very bad ending in a very short period of time. So so no more alcohol. We've taken that out completely. Now I do have a um I get those O'Douls and the beer and every you know, the non alcoholic beer and I'll mm-hmm. have that you know, I'll have a couple of those, you know, every now and again. But anyway. So That's so funny. I used to uh when I was real little I used to I used to go up to the store and we used to deli up at the uh, the corner of my house and uh, we used to go in and we used to go in and buy Sharp's Miller Lite and it was oh, or Miller yeah. Sharp or whatever it was yeah. and it was a non-alcoholic and we would like argue with the the cashier to, to sell it to us because it was non-alcoholic. Yeah, she did. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's literally it's less than half a percent by volume, so there's so little bit of alcohol in there it's not even going to hurt you. But I like the taste of beer. So and that's how I get it. So you know I'm completely off that stuff. And the the so so where I was going with all of this is I get a couple of letters in the mail and oh and because I can't sleep, I've been taking Ambien and so the I get this letter in the mail and it says to me and they they say hey we're not going to pay for your Ambien anymore. We're only going to pay for 30 days you or 60 days. You have to pay for the other 30 days unless you can get your doctor to say, you know, he needs this because he can't sleep. It's this, this, and this. They they denied my claim. So so I can't, I'm, I can't afford an Ambien prescription because it's so damned expensive if I pay for it out of pocket. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's like $600 for a month. Wow. If I don't pay for it, or if, if the insurance doesn't pay for it, so it's like, are you kidding me? So, what I, where I'm going with all of this is that it is becoming so damned expensive, even if you do have health insurance, because med, the prescription companies are starting to back off on what they're willing to pay for. 
And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's Medco. So if anybody has Medco, watch out. Um, <laughs> but Medco has sent me now several letters saying, you can't, you know, we're not going to pay for this. They denied my appeal. And then if, but anyway, I've had all kinds of issues with them over the summer. So I'm looking for another route to get medications. And I know somebody um, wrote in there about Ryan White. I don't qualify for Ryan White um, because of my income level and things like that and I, and, you know, my, my day job and all of that. So I unfortunately don't qualify. So I have to figure something out. Then, so so medicines are becoming more and more expensive. And, you know, we, we are talking about, you know, people are talking about, you know, the Obamacare and how government is going to, you know, going to, gonna, you know, get involved in your health care decisions. You know, folks, I got to tell you something. The government's not going to get involved because your health insurance companies already are. The health insurance companies actually do figure out that they have this they have this formula that that look at what you're costing them because now you've become a liability. So then they won't pay for your coverage. So think about that for a second. Even though you have insurance, it doesn't mean, or you have medical, you have prescription benefits, doesn't mean that they're going to cover them because you've now become a liability. Ridiculous. So, so you know this whole, you know, these the Tea Party and the Republicans are all scared about, um, you know, the government's going to step in. Well, Tea Party Republicans, let me tell you something. You see, back in 1960, what was it, 60, 69, um, there, was this, there was this little guy. Actually, he wasn't so little. His name was Dr. Kaiser. You might know the name, Kaiser Foundation, the Kaiser yeah. Permanente. Yeah, okay. So Dr. Kaiser walks into um, President Nixon's office, sits down, and um, – says, you know, there's a way to make money off of sick people. And since then, that's when the HMO came into play, these health maintenance organizations. They're the ones who now decide what gets covered, what doesn't, how much you're going to pay for it, and all of that. So what we're trying, you know, it's, they distort the facts. They don't want you to see it, and it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, Something anyway. has to be changed. You know what you I mean? Know, absolutely. And what's going to happen when um, when when uh, people who are in you know who have HIV like us? Um, will my insurance company cover Hep C treatment should I decide to go on it? Right. Don't know. It's forty-eight weeks. It's very expensive. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, it, like it has to come to a point that we have to stop 
thinking about parties, you know what I mean, and started thinking as one group of Americans and starts doing what's best for our country as people, you know what I mean, and not go, you know what I mean, like have to feel like there's always this war between, you know, the Republicans, the Democrats, and now these, you know, the Tea Party's come along, and it just always seems like it's always about the party and not really about the people. And I think that's what is, is missing with, you know, things going on. And actually, our guest is on right now. I believe this is them calling in, so I'm going to uh, welcome them to the show. Um, let's see who we got calling in from the theater company. Hello, who's this? Hi, it's Mike O'Brien. Hi, Michael. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. It's Mike O'Brien, not Mike and yes, Brian. Yes, yeah, I got that. Yes, Mike, yeah. Mike O'Brien. Yeah. yeah, and because Mike and Brian, they're out in L.A., dude. <laughs> this is Robert and Jeremy. Hi, Mike O'Brien. How are you? Good. How are you? We're peachy. We've been ca- talking about you. You have? Well, yes, we have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've been talking about you right here for the last 40 minutes. We've been, <laughs> that's what we've I been, heard. <laughs> we've that's going, what I heard. I did hear that. <laughs> we've been going, this Mike O'Brien guy, yeah, rehearsal, rehearsal, rehearsal. I know, yeah. I know. That's what happens when uh, you produce a show and you're in the show and you're yeah. running the company at the same time. It's yeah, insane. yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'm so glad to be on. Well, we're <laughs> glad you're here, too. So, so tell us about Tick, Tick, Boom, which okay. opens tomorrow. Uh, Yes, it's um, we're doing a one-night uh, concert event of uh, this a musical called Tick Tick Boom, which is it's um, actually it's Jonathan Larson's first show, um, but it wasn't put into an actual musical theater piece format until after he passed away and after Rent had been produced. Um, but it's a really interesting piece because it's about it's about him and his life leading up to his thirtieth birthday. Um, and kind of the trials and tribulations of his writing career. Um, this was obviously before he had achieved, you know, the success of Rent, um, and he didn't even get to live to see that success. Um, so it's a really unique insight on kind of the process that it took, that his life took in, in creating this kind of musical blockbuster that changed what Broadway musicals were after 1996 when it hit when it hit Broadway. Um, so it really gives an inside look into the, the composer's life and his friendships uh, with his best friend and his girlfriend, uh, who were played by two other actors in the reading. And um, you know, and the music is really great. It it really lends itself to Rent as well, but um, it's got some really kind of cool, unique differences to it as well. And that's a one-night show, right? Yes, that is tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at the Mandel Theater at Drexel University. Um, and uh, uh, that basically, it's it's a fundraiser for the Mazzoni Center, um, which is one of okay. Philadelphia's leading LGBT health organizations, and for our production, for 11th Hour's production of Rent, which opens November 5th at Drexel. I can't wait to go see that. I've never yeah. seen it, you know, performed. Really? Yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah, I mean, we're we're all shocked with by that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but that's good. That's good. That's and you know, uh, it's been kind of the show has kind of become a uh, a commercial kind of blockbuster, and and because of that, though, it's it's really done. It's become kind of a period piece almost. It's 
uh, even though it was only it only hit Broadway, you know, 14 years ago, it still has been like it's always done the same way. And uh, what we're really trying to do is take a new, fresh look at it. Um, and uh, it will definitely not be the same rent that you've seen before. That's for sure. Oh, cool, so when I was on the when I was on the Philly's AIDS walk, um, I was walking and I actually heard your your people singing uh, Seasons of Love. And I was talking about this earlier with everybody, um, and it was just so it, like it drew it drew me to them. I heard the voices and I just like automatically had to stop just yeah. to listen to them sing. And then I saw them walking. And I asked them, and I was like, are you guys with 11th Hour? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to have Michael on my show this Sunday. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we heard about that. It was funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, we, uh, we've we been trying to get us connected to, you know, all of the events that are going around in the city. Um, we had a presence at Outfest. We also had a presence, obviously, at the AIDS Walk, and we got to sing there. Um, uh, we also did um there's an event called our night out that Mizoni organizes and uh that we were part of that uh, earlier uh, earlier today so we're really trying to tie in to the community because because that's what this show is really about i mean it's become obviously aids is a theme throughout the show the show is really about community and the fact that you know what's the difference between the family that you're born into and the family that you choose and I think that that's kind of what we're trying to focus on, on our, in our production is, you know, the idea of it's all about love, you know, and then and that's what life is really about, you know. So so you're instead of so you're not gonna. I mean, how, how are you going to that? That's an interesting concept because how are you going to downplay um, the AIDS part of of the show if it well, if you're wanting to really focus more on um the family and the love stories and and the and the and the intense complications of those relationships because aids in in this particular show in in rent is a huge there's a huge relationship there with aids and some of the characters as well hmm. as what you as as well as the relationship it brings up with the audience how are you what are you going to um how, how do you do that how do how do you focus more in, in how are you going to do that? That's I think that's fascinating. Well, I think that, you know, the the goal in, in Megan and Nicole O'Brien, my sister who's the director, and Steve Pasek, who is the choreographer, uh, they're also two of the, the, the other two founders of the company. Um, but they, you know, I, I think the main goal of our production is obviously not to downplay the AIDS element to the piece, but to you, you know, rather than saying this is a piece about AIDS, and they mm -hmm. say this in the show, which is mm -hmm. kind of profound in the way that they say it, but it's a, it's a piece about people living with AIDS. You know what I mean? So it's really a piece about the people, and the AIDS are the AIDS aspect of it is, is the catalyst for things to happen. You know. It's it's and especially obviously at this point in time in the late eighties, early nineties, you know, it was obviously it was a, it was a, everything had to be um you know, you didn't know how much time you had. So mm -hmm. the idea of no day but today, like really focusing on that element of this show and saying, Okay, this is what it's about 
it's not about this disease. It's about how this disease has affected these people and how they've, they're either moving past it or, or letting it affect their lives and how that affects the relationships between these characters. Interesting. Um, I, I think that's a very interesting look and take on the show because, you know, you know, I mean, I saw the show when it, when it came to Broadway a thousand years ago and I <laughs> have seen, you know, a, many different tours of it. Um, and, and, and it's always, you know, it is the same show every time you go see it. So this is right. going to be interesting to see. And of course I wish I were in Philly to come to see it, <laughs> but um, I live down here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Right. Lord, we, we couldn't even get um, City of Angels produced here. But that's a whole. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. The Baptists oh, didn't like the gays. Um, <laughs> too many gays, oh. and they're making fun of the Mormons. No, it's not. <laughs> oh God. Um, but um, so you know, I, I I commend you, and and I wish you nothing but the best in 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 getting the show up and running. Because I. I, I know how hard and difficult this is, especially taking something that's so well known, yeah, and and, and giving it a, a different spin, if you will. Yeah, and there, wow. you know, there are things about the piece that kind of, you know, that are iconic, and and you have to honor that aspect of it. But in the ways we're trying to do that, in a way that also can take a new look at some of the elements of it, you know. So that it's not Mark Cohen in his scarf, you know, walking on the stage initially. You know, like the the idea that the costumes are the same in every production you see is was ridiculous to us. You know, that idea, like why not, you know, take a new new look on that? And you know, the set our set is much more of a you know an environment rather than the kind of abstract set that you always see. You know, we have lost spaces on the set and uh, it's much more of a unit set than it is mm-hmm. you know little bits and pieces of things um, right and and, you know, so, and there was a reason why they did it that way you know because, yeah you know, the minimalist approach and right so and okay. that was yeah and in that way it's you know it's something that rather than try to recreate something that's already been done and done extremely well mm-hmm. you know yeah, uh, I think our idea was to go. Okay, how can we take what they've done and really try to focus in on the story of this piece because it has become such a commercialized phenomenon. You know, mm-hmm. how do we come back and bring it back to what really made this show take off so fast mm-hmm. in you know 1994 or five or whenever that was initially when it was off Broadway. Right. Um, I think it was 93, yeah, I mean, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Golly. Well, yeah, and then it came. And then it came, it, it moved so quickly, you know, yeah. and, and obviously when he, when Jonathan Larson died, you know, that just catapulted it into the next level immediately. And yeah. then people really started to take notice of this really unique thing. And that's what's kind of ironic and interesting about doing Tick, Tick, Boom is throughout the, throughout Tick, Tick, Boom, the character Jonathan, which obviously is based on him, is always talking about the fact of like, uh, he's trying to create that next show that will change all of the, the stigmas of Broadway and what it what Broadway is, mm-hmm. and it's just so. Well, you know, you know he really brought the rock musical, the rock opera, back. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you when you take a look at um, rock operas like Hair, 
that was a, really a, a a world changing event. You know, when it first yeah. appeared on on Broadway, my God, they were arresting actors and hauling them <laughs> off stage during the nude scene um, because it was illegal. Um, right. You know, the, he he really did change. He he brought something back that had been missing, and he changed the the future of Broadway and 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 of the musical really. Because if you look at you know Wicked now, um, and if you look at uh, some of the newer musicals that are coming out, they're really contemporary rock and roll shows. Memphis, mm-hmm. you know, um, what's the other one? I can't remember. Anyway, but um, but I, I think you, you'll see his, Jonathan's influence in a lot of those shows. Oh, definitely. And that's, you know, it's, like I was saying, it's amazing. Like throughout Tick, Tick, Boom, that's, he talks about that. And the idea that he hasn't done it you know, and he's going to be 30, and he hasn't achieved all of these goals. And, you know, when you think about the idea that he achieved them, but only after he achieved everything he wanted to in musical theater, and in the, in the fact that he kind of changed the scope of everything, but did right. but and unfortunately didn't live to see that that happened, you know? Right. And now, do I you mean, remember, and, and I can't remember what Jonathan died from. He had, um, uh, and, uh, some a, a prep, uh, trying to think of the word something wrong with his uh, with his heart. He didn't have norma- norma- normality in his heart. Was it and, arrhythmia? Um, could have been some arrhythmia. It was, I think it was an arrhythmia in his heart, and yeah. he couldn't uh, or an aneurysm. Actually, I think it was an aortic aneurysm or something like that. I think you're right. I think it that, was something weird. Yeah, that, it just that, yeah. And he went to the hospital. Like he yeah. went to the hospital, and they told him he was complaining of chest pain, and uh, they they didn't know what it was, and they sent him home and. That you know yeah. that night, and it was yeah, the yeah. night before they were supposed to open off Broadway. Yep. Yeah. You know, he yeah. didn't even get to yeah. see it off Broadway. He didn't get to see it at all, which <laughs> yeah. which made it all more bittersweet. You know, right. when when they brought it in. Now, in Brent is for those of those folks who are listening, who aren't really familiar with Rent, and if you aren't familiar with Rent, you've been living in a hole. Get your head <laughs> out. You know, come out from under the rock. But um, tell tell folks what Rent really is about. Well, um, and it's you know it's it's really about uh, these Bohemian kids essentially in their twenties who are living in Alphabet City in New York City, um, which for those who don't know is a very at that point was an extremely rundown, barren, you know, disheveled port, part of the city kind of tucked away on the east side. And um, basically, it's about these people who are, who are dealing with um, the, the, the fact of living with the AIDS virus, um, as well as those who are living with, with the people who are, have this disease. You know, so it's, it's really about, in its essence, as I said, it's really about the fact of the community that, that you live in and the, the idea that struggling for art uh, sometimes makes the art even better than it would if, if you weren't struggling. And, and these people kind of choose that lifestyle of struggling artists, even though Mark Cohen, who's one of the, the main characters of the show and is the narrator, is from Scarsdale. You know, so, uh, and Maureen, Maureen comes from, uh, you know, the suburbs in Jersey, 
you know, or, or Long Island. So it's these people who, it's not that they don't necessarily have the means, it's that they choose to live this lifestyle because they feel that it, it's more real and it's more, uh, it's more poignant, you know. Right, Michael, in the, in the show, you play Roger. Can you tell us a little bit about the character that you're playing? Sure. Um, well, Roger is a um, musician who uh, was in a band and uh, lived the lifestyle of ro- a rock and roll musician. And in the process, uh, he and his um, girlfriend uh, contracted the AIDS virus um, through, uh, you know, it's not specific to uh, right. the script, but assuming through some type of drug use or intravenous drugs. or um, And basically the show picks up after he got out, after he gets out of rehab um, for drug use, and his girlfriend, uh, when they found out that they had AIDS, killed herself in the bathroom. And it's kind oh, of wow. about his life living, you know, kind of, and his goal, his main objective, uh, because he knows and is, con- you know, totally over-consumed with the idea that he's going to die from this disease, his one major goal in life is to create something that he'll be remembered by because he doesn't feel like anything he's ever done in his life. He's achieved that. So in his mind, if he can create that one song, that one perfect song that every kind of musician dreams of creating, that that he'll be remembered. He won't have... He won't die from this disease and not be remembered, you know. That's kind of his arc through the show. And his best friend, Mark, who he lives with, kind of helps him, tries to help him see that there's more to life than just this one thing, as well as his relationship with this girl who comes into his apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And the romance that ensues from that. That's right. And don't you think there's a little bit of, um, because I, you know, from, from a spectator, watching the show mm-hmm. and in in no I always get this sense of survivor's guilt from Roger. Yes, absolutely. You know? Definitely. And you know, the idea of but the fact that the survivor's guilt but also the fact that he isn't that inside he knows that he's not going to survive. You mm-hmm. know, that he's he has the same thing, his reaction to it. And I think that's why he cleans himself up is to go, okay, you know, at that point, when April, his girlfriend, died, they, neither of them had achieved anything that they wanted to achieve in their lives. And they were both so young, and he was so young. And I think that at this point, he's going, you know, at least I can achieve something. At least I, mm-hmm. at least I can create something that I'll be remembered for. You know, and what he ends up realizing is that that cool. might not be, the song might not be the, the thing that he needs to be remembered for in the end, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I think we are down to our last, like, 30 seconds here. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, are we? Is that what we're at? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Okay. So, Michael, thank you for coming on and, 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 and talking about the production. You know, um, we're going to definitely send people there and try to, you know, call. I'm going to definitely be there um, for great. the rent for sure. So um, hopefully great. I'll get to uh, Thank you so much for having me and, and for talking about the show and, you know, uh, we we appreciate it so much, and I'm sorry that uh, I was a little late for you guys tonight. 
No, no problem. No problem. I ran to the phone as soon as this. I off of the stage. So uh, I appreciate it so much. Hey, well, thanks well, for joining good, good us. Good luck really tomorrow. And break Thank a leg. You. Don't Thank take you very much. Mind. That's bad. And remember, folks, you can find more information um, about the rent and Tick Tick Boom at 11thHourTheaterCompany.org. Thank you all for tuning in this evening. You can find more information on Jeremy at PositivelySpeaking.com and more information on me and the radio show at PazIM.com. Hope you have a great night. And remember, next Wednesday, the 20th, this Wednesday, come up the 27th, we have a special episode at 7 p.m. Wednesday, the 27th, we're going to speak with Mondo from Project Runway. It's the day, the night before the season finale. He's in the final three. Come join us. Hear what we have to say. It'll be a great night. Uh, again, Wednesday, the 27th at 7 p.m. Mark your calendars. Jeremy, have a great evening. You too. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks. Bye-bye, guys.